Hello and welcome to episode number 44 of For Fit's Sake, the podcast brought to you by FS Gyms. I'm bringing energy, I'm excited. We haven't done a podcast in a while. I'm joined by the main man, Dara Henry. Hoover, how are we doing? Fiddling with the microphone. Yeah, it's not an optimal height for me. Sorry, you got me a block. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, we've got a little booster. It's like when you go to the um, the hairdressers and they put in the little, I know because they still use it for me. Uh, yeah, Hoover, you're stepping in in place of Ruds for a couple of weeks with the podcast. Are you excited? Yeah. Good to be back. Uh, I had a little cameo at the start of the podcast, but I've uh, took a sabbatical, shall we say. Like you call it that, yeah? Yeah, just to finish off the degree. So, yeah, happy to be back. Finished? Like, f- finally finished college, Dad? Fin- no, no. Uh, heading back for a Masters in uh, S&C down in IT Carlo. So, um, excited. And you're going to be starting your MBA soon enough as well. Two nerds going back to school. <laughs> Hoover is no, the no. Van Wilder of FFS, though. I've never met a man. Since I've known him, he's been studying something. So, yeah. it's it's great. Your uh, desire to improve is very good, but it's incredibly annoying from a schedule point of view. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah you know, we have this conversation every couple of months. You're a pain in the arse. But, uh, and a credit to you in terms of how you've graduated from being the lad who just gets the coffees for Rudds and the guests and myself when we're doing the podcast to getting the coffees for the lads and then talking so <laughs> some things will never change but it's great to have you on board yeah no absolutely um, we're we're, uh, we're excited because we're actually going to be joined by Rudds very briefly he's going to be ringing us in from he's in a he's in is he in Twickenham now is he where's he calling from or they left Portugal uh, the team announcement was today, uh, so I'm pretty certain they're there till at least tomorrow and then flying straight into Twickenham, I'm pretty sure. Okay, super. So for, for people who don't know, um, Rhodes is working with the RFU. He's been with them since the end of last year as the assistant strength and conditioning coach, and he's just uh, contract extended to go to Japan with the team. So we're all, we're all obviously absolutely thrilled for Rhodes, uh, very excited. So we're looking forward to getting him on the phone. And now I'm delighted to say that we have Rhodes on the line. Rhodes, how are you doing? Hello, gentlemen. How are you getting on? Good, good. Uh, I've got Dara sitting in here using your microphone. He looks very comfortable, Rhodes, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I know. Well, it, I, I had a good run while it lasted. The people of Instagram have spoken, Rhodes. If you go onto the story, I'm uh, I'm in favour now. It got an upgrade in the studio. That's exactly it. Uh, Rhodes, how are you getting on? Where, where are you at the minute? I'm currently in the Farrow Airport. So, uh, yeah, not... Good. I've uh, caught a lick of paint, looking uh, a little more, little more brown than when I left. Typical kind of fake. Getting your fake tan ready before you head over to Wales in a few weeks' time. I like it. That's clever. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, no, I, I, I think uh, I think I might be sufficiently tanned. So that was good. Um, been a good week. So yeah. So what have you been up to for the last week or so? Um, we just been having a training camp over here in Portugal. So um, just. It's been really, really good and um, great to get some training done in the heat and uh, to get, get ourselves used to that. Um, and as well, obviously, then with a bit of downtime, it's nice to be able to get out and uh, enjoy the sun and see somewhere different. So, no, it's been really good. I actually played around the golf uh, on the course that you played, uh, uh, the one Kinta North. Is that the one where I had the hole in what? No, it isn't. <laughs> oh, Kinta North, that's lovely, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, probably so, my favourite uh, golf course in the world. I'd say actually, Rudds. That's probably the nicest golf course I've ever played. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was very impressive. Um, it was really, really good. 
And then you uh, killed the last couple of holes, there, a couple of short par holes. No, no, to be honest, the group I go with, the, the standard of golf is very poor. It's more of a drinking holiday than a golf holiday. But uh, yeah, that, that's good. So, so you're getting Fair a enough. bit of an R&R because um, obviously, like, listen, it's fairly well documented what you're up to over there training-wise and stuff. But uh, we've obviously got Cully coming on the pod today to talk about uh, all things physiotherapy. So myself and Dara were just chatting before you came on and we were kind of wondering, like, what challenges at this stage of the season, like pre-season building up for World Cup, obviously you're, you've got like a high enough training load, you've got games in the middle. What sort of challenges do the physios face at this time of the year in a setup like that? Um, obviously, during the pre-season, there's not as much contact-based uh, work, so it's kind of more um, keeping people, obviously keeping people fit and healthy on the pitch, and obviously the load of running presents a challenge, um, and the training load, because obviously you're trying to um, develop develop more on the physical side of things and then obviously when you start transitioning now as we are back into games and you start having more contact and collisions and then that brings its own challenges in terms of um, you start to get all those bangs and bumps that you don't necessarily get during the pre-season um, and then plus as well as, as rugby players uh, you've always kind of got something to be working on yourself uh, with the physios um, previous injuries you might have had or previous inbounds just like us guys who maybe don't play rugby anymore no one's no one's a finished article and you've always got some work to do whether it be some extra activation work or some extra mobility work um, to ha- help you move the best you can and just kind of make yourself as robust as possible and how closely then for you guys on the S&C team because we'd often draw the parallel here how closely we'd work with Cully and Catherine the new physio at the gym now how closely they would work with the coaching staff to give sort of clients the best balance between uh, rehab when it's needed but also monitoring injuries while keeping people training how closely would you as an S&C team work with the physios is it very interlinked is it well, what's the communication like between both teams uh, it's daily it's constant um and I think that's really important, just like we do in the gym in terms of communicating uh, with Catherine and Cully. It's, you have to be constant because um, obviously you want your training to support what people are doing to get themselves back to training, but also you want the input to know that the training you're doing is the best possible training in terms of helping people to reduce risk of injury, to be as robust as possible. So, um, I think that's really important. I think, obviously, that's kind of, I'd imagine that's what Cully's going to say as well in terms of that constant communication between S&C coaches um, or trainers with the physios um, to constantly work on those things and try and transition people back from the stage where they're not able to train to to training um, and also just during the training process making sure that all the big rocks are in place to help people to be able to exercise and train as safely as possible and get the most out of it on a less serious note Rudds, uh did you enjoy your uh time in the spotlight on the tv camera for irish rugby tv i uh, i don't know uh, i heard that i got grilled uh on uh, uh, from you there henry <laughs> uh I, all i'll say is i'm glad instagram stories only last 24 hours because if you like <laughs> 
if you had seen this Rhodes you would have been flying home pretty quickly to uh, hand someone a P45 or an ass whoop but I'm not too sure but uh, Rhodes I thought you did a no, super I, job you're, you're... I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad if you're not getting slagged you're not one of the lads anymore so I'm glad I'm glad thanks everybody thanks for keeping me as one of the lads yeah it was but it was just totally fitting as well because me, me and DMAC were doing a, a job for yourself actually and we were doing uh, the Jammer Press and I don't know, everyone was set up and then the two boys, Mike and Rory, walked in and they're all giddy. And then, <laughs> all blaming yeah, them. Yeah, de- definitely going to blame it on you. Phone in hand and then, uh, yeah, yeah, just... It was the perfect storm roads and you yeah. were the victim, but we, we enjoyed it. So come here, it just to, to try, obviously Dara was going to come in with the non-serious note. Um, uh, people are missing you in terms of the podcast. We're getting a little bit of stick saying that we're slacking, but we're making a commitment now to getting back to, to every two weeks like we've done. We're going to try get you on the phone when we can. It's obviously going to be difficult to... Uh, when it gets later in the year and you're over in Japan, uh, but we'll be doing our best. I know you've missed the podcast, so this can be a great way to catch up, even if it's only for five or ten minutes every every couple of weeks. No, absolutely, and I think we got a great show coming today uh, with Kelly. Um, I think people get an awful lot out of that, and uh, obviously get to know Kelly a bit better as well. So, and obviously we got the the best replacement in house, Sarah. Um, I know you do awesome. Yeah, unreal. Listen, Rudds, uh, best of luck. Uh, by the time this comes out, we'll know the result against England, but best of luck. We're wishing you and the boys all the best. Thanks a lot, lads. Sound Rudds. Good luck, good luck, good luck. Thanks, boys. Right. That was terribly boring. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I know, it's great, <laughs> to, chat, it's great to chat to him, but uh, what we've got uh, our main guest here, which is uh, Cully, Eric Cullan, FFS physiotherapist. Uh, Cully, how are you doing? Very good. How are you, Mac? How are you? Yeah, I'm super, I'm super. Um, you're going to say hello to Dara, no? Hey Dara, we're not on great terms at the moment. We are. We're always in great terms. No, we're not really. It's very hard to not be on good terms with Cully. He's just kind of a nice guy, a little bit eccentric. Kind of. Prop- you've got the handle of the most crazy physio in Leeson Street. I think. Leeson Street, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Possibly. I'll take it. Well, with Catherine joining now, obviously uh, this is kind of an official welcome to Catherine as part of the team. Hey Catherine, I think I might have mellowed out a small bit uh, with Catherine's arrival. So. Um, you've mellowed out all oh, right you've got you've got to act professional now that you have somebody else working with you is it yeah yes to a certain degree certain degree Jeez, he's almost as born as Rose yeah, 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 yeah. Open this is yeah, yeah, yeah. we're expecting like that guy's <laughs> supposed to be a Nerd. bit tapped yeah uh, right so like the uh, kind of part of the reason we've got we've been looking to get Cully on for a long time uh, he's on holidays the whole time so he's very hard to get which is the first thing but now that we've got him coming into Christmas it's Christmas coming into September it's actually a really good time because we've gotten a load of emails in the last few weeks about people uh Looking, looking at getting into physiotherapy, they're sending emails into the inbox. Can we come and shadow your physio? Can we see what you guys do at the gym? So it's probably a, a good place to start. Is maybe obviously CAO offers are out now, but like, how did you get into physiotherapy? What what was it like? Um. So yeah, it's obviously a long time ago, but um, the initial leaving cert probably didn't go to plan. And second time around, I said I put the head down. Go for uh, go for physio, and thankfully got it in in Dublin and Trinity. So, um, yeah, it, it took a fair fair bit of effort, I suppose, and tough to watch other friends go to college and have to repeat to get the the course. But um, thankfully got in, and uh, yeah, first choice, happy days. Hard work pays off, Cully. And yeah. a living example of you can repeat the exam, but you can't repeat the sesh, I would imagine. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can repeat the exam, but you can't repeat the cup. 
Okay. Even the Connacht Senior <laughs> Cup. <laughs> it means something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Connacht. Yeah. yeah. Super. And uh, so what then, like, what's your professional development been like to kind of from coming through college leading you to where you are now? Yeah. So when I qualified, which was back in 2012, the actual, like, getting a job was pretty tough. Um, it was probably a tough enough time in the economy in general. Um, so even trying to get volunteer work in in James's or Tala was was almost impossible so um I had a part-time job that kept me going for a while and then I was working with Banislow Rugby Club um for a season or two and that was the initially the start and then thankfully got in contact with a physio and a crossfit coach uh, Albert Kyo who I was with for the guts of four years um who was a super mentor and a great physio so um learned the lion's share of what I have now from him so that was that was a major major period I suppose in my career and what advice would you give to somebody who's at that stage now where they're if they're coming out of college I know the economy's different people are definitely more aware of investing in themselves investing in their body but like people who are coming out of college and they might not have a direct route into employment what what advice would you give them yeah in, in a sense I suppose you can either think about going publicly or going privately with what you want to do so you try and get a, a job with the HSC or you potentially get a job within a private practice or at least get experience in a private practice which um tends to be okay to get because it's quite busy in the in the city centre anyway, but um either either those two avenues would be your main protocol, I suppose. Yeah. I think a lot of people I looked at physiotherapy as well as a means, but nowhere near smart enough to be a physio, so <laughs> that went down the drain pretty quickly. But um uh, a lot of guys um I know in school as well when we talked about it that they wanted to become physios and they only saw the sexy side of it working in like a football team yeah. or a rugby team as well so like what kind of a population would you really work with i know you do a little bit of sport but is it mainly general population or and like you have to work your way into getting into sport through experience yeah like in a sense i kind of went a different way from the very start so i went directly into a team um rather than actually starting in a practice or even within the HSC, which was just instant exposure to sports physiotherapy, to diagnosing, treating and programming for, for players, for rugby players. Um, so yeah, like that's the ideal for most physios that, that, that do the course. You want to get into a, a team straight away and, and move up towards the likes of a Leinster or an Ireland or whatever. But, um, in terms of my cohort at the moment, um, like the fact that I'm tied to a gym means that I'm seeing lots of, fit pretty strong and um active um population but again we're in dublin too lots of offices around the area and people with you know pretty poor levels of activity and, and i suppose sporting experience coming into me so it's a it's a very strong mix which can only kind of push the boundaries in terms of your assessments and your treatments to be kind of fully around it obviously great for your development as well to see like you're probably looking at me sitting in the chair trying to look at a microphone and look at you at the same time a terrible posture yeah this posture is not good <laughs> yeah, we, we're never going to record these podcasts but uh you know it's probably like that mixture is so good for development i would imagine and for, especially for someone like Catherine, who's coming in here um it's a really good environment to be exposed to it keeps on your toes yeah yeah definitely you, you never really want to get to a session with a new client and, and not really know exactly what's going on that it has to be there has to be a knowledge base of of sports specific injuries and injuries that might be ergonomically based or a completely different avenue you know so 
the exposure that I have here definitely caters for both of those areas. And if you were to kind of pick areas, then I'll try split it to sort of say the gym population, uh, the rugby population, and then the general population of people who are kind of maybe not as active sitting at a desk. And like, what's the most, the one most common issue that you see with each of those populations? And if it is possible to give an answer in the few seconds, what would be the best kind of fix that they can look to take on their own apart from come see Cully or therapist. <laughs> so like firstly say the say the rugby population what's the most common injury that you see throughout the season and what's the best way that guys can prevent that very difficult question yeah. I know so in a sense as a generalisation a muscle strain would be the most common issue be it a calf a quad a hamstring it generally is a lower limb injury and that would glute if you're Dara Henry and glute if you're Dara Henry T-speech and um, so a lot of calves for whatever reason. So how you'd bisect that really is by having as much strength and integrity at the muscle fiber to not allow that to strain or to or to cause the issue. So consistently strengthening, consistently mobilizing, consistently stretching the muscle over the course of your preseason into the actual season will yield you know good results. So it, it will always generally be a muscular strain that would be the most common. Uh, in the sporting uh, realm okay and then the say the desk population more sedentary less physical activity um it's actually very hard to to say whether shoulder or lower back pain is the most common um so between those two probably makes up 50 percent of what i see um shoulders just because i've had a good exposure to the shoulder joint from working with i suppose crossfit athletes and, and rugby players and then off kind of i suppose people coming in with with surgeries and having good results they refer on other people um but if gone to my head i'd say probably lower back pain would be the most common for someone who's working in the the city center or at their desk or or sitting for a long time um it would be non-specific back pain that would be the most common so typically back pain would be broken up into non-specific for about 90 percent nine to ten percent would be nerve nerve root related and then about one percent would be a serious pathology so um, it would be the non-specific or non-traumatic back pain that would be massively common in a city centre practice. Okay, and then in terms of like, I'm assuming from poor poor mechanics, sitting sitting at a desk all day. What's the what is the again a, a loaded question, tricky one? What's the yeah. best sort of method to prevent that? Assuming it's non-specific and there's no trauma involved. Yeah, so like there's there's obviously multiple factors that will affect it and. The most current research, if I'm not boring you with this stuff, is Roy takes a drink of the coffee yeah. and, turn, and turns off. <laughs> oh, dear God. In, in, in some research papers, they show that bad posture or bad position is not directly correlated to pain or dysfunction. Okay. So that's been really interesting in terms of actually giving people postural cues or exercises to help improve their posture. Um, but anecdotally, and I suppose from experience, they do help, but there isn't a correlation in, in terms of research. But I would say you need to look at all the factors that might affect back pain. Um, so the likes of core mobilities, obesity, um, people who are overweight, um, lack of sleep, um, poor nutrition, um, biophysical, genetic. You know, there's so many things that you need to ask about and detail that, that are irrespective of a pain a tightness an issue you know so that's i find that very important to be honest yeah and then the say the gym population people who are training at the gym four or five times a week take their training seriously not necessarily like elite level athletes but take their training very seriously yeah. work very hard when in the gym what's what's the most common thing you might see there? yeah like, like thankfully i can almost differentiate people coming with performance based issues and tightnesses and, and areas that feel stiff over something that's actually a, a pathology or a pain and and that's 
in a way a nice aspect of physiotherapy that it isn't always people in pain that's people who want to improve their shoulder mobility for their overhead press or their squat for their um or their hip mobility for the squat or their rotation through the thoracic for their swing as rory's demo on his swing here for me yeah, yeah. um Queaky so gammy looking swing. that's very dodgy swing but <laughs> fairly good you haven't fixed me <laughs> um, so it would be yeah it, it, this kind of performance based stuff people who are who are who are tight and a little bit um bit stiff in it in a sense but not really presenting with an injury yeah i think it's really important as well when you talk about mobility because and i'm definitely guilty for it when i was younger was that when you start in the gym all you want to do is see strength gains and size gains as well that's you get so strong, but you get really tight and you lose mobility. But by actually increasing your mobility, you can actually recruit more muscle fibers. So you actually will get stronger as well. So yeah. placing mobility, like it will help you get stronger and like increase your work capacity as well. So it is like it is massive. And certainly over the last 45 years, and you probably know from the gym being in around that time, um, mobility has gotten huge. It's a real sexy area and people want to be mobile and also have strength. In a sense, though, it's almost over talked about, in my opinion, whereby if you have mobility and you try to improve your mobility, you must have control within that mobility. So, uh, Mark from the Human Centered Movement. Yeah. Um, How are you, Mark? <laughs> from one of the previous pods, he discussed it in, in, in a bit more depth than me. But, um, you know, I think uh, one of Rhodes's um, favorite guys to listen to Perry Nicholson I had a quote there about mobility and he said that mobility issues uh, that don't resolve after mobility interventions are camouflage stability issues having fun with you so essentially means <laughs> it's it's you don't if you don't have strength at that end range then that's that that doesn't make sense so if I was to break it down for someone with a shoulder issue that wanted more mobility in their shoulder I would go straight into their shoulder strengthening for external rotation at the end range you know can you have strength at that very end of your range uh, i don't care if you can overhead press 60 kg 50 kg whatever if you're typically very weak in that range is that actually um is that good mobility in my opinion not so much so and that's the thing it's like stability restrictions versus mobility restrictions it's it's a lot of people i'd say almost in the last couple of months, maybe 40% of the inquiries that come into the gym, we've got kind of a drop down menu. Do you want to get leaner, get stronger, performance based goals? Like mobility is a massive one. Mm. And it probably is a bit of a misconception mm. with mobility. It's exactly talking about strength through range is yeah. very important. I know Mark touched on that as well, but yeah. like, yeah, it's that, it's understanding that balance between the two. I think to touch on Dara's point, which was a very good point, is, um, if you're more mobile, so if you've got like a really tight restriction, something say say the hip, someone's quads, hip flexors are chronically incredibly tight. Yeah. Uh, they might say have played a lot of sport throughout their later college years. They might have had a few injuries that they never properly rehabbed. And now they're sitting at a desk all day. That's kind of what we'd see. Guys who are finishing college, coming into desk jobs, they're they're not very active. I remember one, one client that I had a conversation with before looking to lose weight, uh, particularly struggling with weight around midriff area, uh, backside, legs, th th those areas. And the exact thing was, well, I've been telling you to improve your, your hip mobility for the last six months. I promise you, if you improve your hip mobility, you can get more burpees in a class, you can squat better, you can lunge better, you can build muscle mass on those areas where you're storing a lot of body fat. You're storing body fat because you can't move through full range, you can't get that muscle loaded 
optimally to build muscle mass, muscle mass, which will help you decrease fat. So like when I look at mobility, I'd always, I'd always just be inclined to look at it from a strength point of view. Mm. If I can move my shoulder more, I can hit more of my pecs when I'm trying yeah. to bench more, I can get bigger. I'd kind of yeah, look at like that way. In a sense, you're just de- detailing out a buy-in as well that at times it can be mundane and, and boring stuff to get onto a foam roller or do a stretch or to be consistent with your mobility. But if you give a person a attainable goal that it's going to increase your, your squat depth or your, your shoulder range, then they can get on board a bit easier. And that's, that's the way as coaches and certainly as physios that you should try and dish out the, the exercises. How do you find that? That's got to be the biggest challenge. Cause like you're even talking about it here. I'm drinking my coffee to stay awake from listening to you. But how, how do you like? people look at the rehab and mobility as it's just seen as such a a boring thing to do and and like that's a challenge that you have you're probably very aware of that in the way you you prescribe things like what's come on give us the secrets how do you how do you how do you get people to buy in it's completely unique to the person that you see so if and it's based on severity as well if someone comes in in a lot of pain massive dysfunction affecting their job affecting their sleep they should at least in, instantaneously have a buy-in to their, their rehab and their exercises and their protocol because all these different factors are causing havoc in their life. Yeah. And then there's other people who come in and, you know, they come in for a bit of a chat and you kind of sense that probably they're not going to do their exercises or their their protocol as well as you want to want them to. But then generally on my second session and hope everyone doesn't remember this because I always do with everyone. I start, <laughs> so you're giving everything away now. Yeah. <laughs> The start of every second session would be, okay, let's go through the exercises. And it's, oh, it, it, no. it literally, in the first five minutes. Show me your homework. Yeah, yeah. it literally know through technique. And that's backed up before by an email with the exercises and by looking at the technique. How well are you doing it? And, and, and straight away, if they don't do that well, you know, let's let's go over it again and let's let's nail it down are you um, nasty though are you like yeah. you're you're not doing this or? i think but i think as well like fear can really drive someone because i remember when yeah. i had shoulder surgery yeah i kept my arm in the sling stupidly for four weeks when i was meant to take it out after a week uh, according to the physio yeah. he showed me the exercises then i went and did them but obviously didn't pay attention enough came back didn't show exactly like what you're saying didn't do them properly yeah. and he was telling me look, you're only 20, like, you're going to get frozen shoulder. You won't be able to move that shoulder. You won't be able to play rugby <laughs> for, like, two, two years. And I honestly, I listened up straight away. Yeah. I got such a shot of adrenaline. Yeah. And then I came in the following week, and my range had improved so much yeah. in that week by just driving through fear. Interesting tactic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's good. He's <laughs> scared tactics. Yeah. You're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it's, like, it, it, that can be, I suppose, it, like you're saying, it depends on the individual. Like, yeah. if someone just needs a kick up the backside you can kind of that's it just well, go with that it's, it's so individual it's like coaching it's you know it's not the cookie cutter approach you got to figure out what someone wants if i come into you and say i've got a big golf competition in two weeks time you're like look well you know you'll probably be able to play but you're not gonna be able to get to full range you're not mm-hmm. gonna be able to play as well as you can you're gonna, like yeah. p- pain is the biggest one i think yeah and that's something i just know from speaking to people like friends family people in the gym like more so friends and family really who've, who've have long-term chronic injuries and discomfort like it, there is nothing in the world worth being in pain for. Hmm. Like it, it affects every part of your, you, you wake up in the morning, you're in pain. Like that's going to affect your relationship with your, yeah. your wife, your kids, your partner, whatever. Yeah. Like just if you're in pain, you've got to figure out the best way and the quickest way possible to get yourself out of that discomfort yeah. and pain. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a massive driver of, of negative things in, in people's life that transcends your work to your relationships to, to everything, you know? So, 
generally the people who do come with pain they they tend to hit the ground running with the exercises and and and, and hopefully see incremental improvements over the first few sessions and then they go away with um, more knowledge more clarity of what they need to do and a bit more confidence as well you know they're empowered to to exercise and know that what they're doing is right um, and before it gets to that pain stage because unfortunately for a lot of people it and let's just let's generalize for a minute but particularly guys uh, like most of the guys in here because uh, Catherine obviously started last week and part of um, her upskilling was to take every coach in the gym pick two areas that we traditionally struggle with and uh, make us all cry in the mm-hmm. physio room so you know like we all wait too long so Catherine got me in the bed I said look ankles are causing me a big issue at the minute I, I, I pulled my back specifically based off knowing that my, my ankle joint failed during yeah. a squat my back went it's directly right to my ankle and she just basically said well you're a grown man you're a coach and you are not uh, rolling and stretching yeah. as much as you should for your ankles and yeah. you should know better and yeah. like that that's it we unfortunately wait too long a lot yeah. of the time without addressing these problems so like what would be best practice i, I know you're a big fan of like, the, the certain myths that are involved around <laughs> certain areas but like what what's the best like general taking care of yourself before it gets to pain what advice would you give people yeah so like i think in in fairness to be in some way positive that definitely i see a difference in how we are as an irish nation or even just generally we're a lot more proactive now than reactive to injuries. So um, people are now coming before they're potentially feeling the strain coming on or before they're actually in say a pain of eight or nine out of 10. And that's, that's really good. So if you take, for example, someone is playing um, AIL rugby and you know, you might not have a, whatever uh, a physio with you in the team, but you kind of feel a strain almost come on before it's going to happen or maybe if it's a hamstring your hip or your glute might be just not right and and having that i suppose reflective period to say okay this doesn't feel good and 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 let's get it checked out even in a single session you just come out feeling relatively empowered to what what should i do what shouldn't i do what's my prognosis what's you know where am i at um but the only one that can do that is yourself because it's your own body, you know. So it's 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 definitely driven from from personal reflection. And um, like with with the sort of like rehab and other things like myofascial release, all that kind of stuff, um, like foam rolling, where does that tie in on your paradigm of what's what's good, what's bad? Yeah, so uh, again, Mark covered this really well in one of the other pods, but um, like don't just agree with everything Mark says. No, I yeah. love for you guys. To uh, no, I, I'll I'll add to what he says <laughs> oh, in lovely. terms of um, I'm I'm very passionate when it comes to self myofascial release with the likes of foam roller or a lacrosse ball. It will research shows it off you short term benefits in terms of range of motion, and it will decrease. Um, the feeling of DOMS or delayed onset muscle soreness, perceived pain. Um, however, it won't actually um, elongate the muscle. It won't stretch the muscle um, and it won't offer you a long-term improvement in your range. So the way I see it and the way I kind of perceive it, it's more so a sensory response. So it makes the area feel less painful, less sensitive, um, and that then allows you to have less pain, potentially squat better, potentially lunge better, Um and yeah, I just think there needs to be more um, longer-term randomized control trials to actually implement a foam rolling, you know, protocol to see what exactly happens. But I think it is more so a sensory response than a physical. Yeah would would you um, 
would you prescribe that then just before you would stretch for example i know you were just saying there's, there's no given protocol but yeah. so you're saying that it um you'd be able to go through range of motion a little bit better acutely yeah. um yeah so like example for rory if he was to stretch his ankle if he was to roll his calves yeah and then go and do a knee to wall yeah. would he generally see better results than I'm, just stretching alone or? from experience and anecdotally i do think so i yeah. think it makes you feel that little bit looser whether there's anything systemically happening at your muscle or you know within the cells the jury's out on that but i would tend to start as an example i get Roy to foam roll for two minutes i would get him to work with the band for an assisted stretch and then go into a knee to a wall and that combination and that flow of of, of stretching mobility i believe would yield better better results in that in that sh- in that, in that period term, yeah. yeah yeah big time but i think definitely for people who are going in training like that's i, I know mark did talk about this before it's turned into mark's secret yeah. podcast <laughs> uh, like it's something that i've taken from it and like it's exactly that it's that 10 minutes before you lift using your trigger pointing to right mm. th- this area is causing me a few issues even just your confidence before you go in and train uh mm. you know it's going to increase uh if you've got something very specific if it's benching and you want to open up your pecs or whatever it might be I, th- I think it's certainly worth that five to ten minutes before you lift targeting a specific area and like a sensory response is amazing that's mm. like there's nothing wrong with that it's yeah. the same as yeah. going in with positive thinking self-talk it's anything that can help you to perform better you know if it's in the immediate term, it's in the long term because mm. you can keep putting those session on session on session mm. where you're performing better. It's going to help you long term. Yeah, definitely. If you have time and, you know, it, I'd much prefer someone to be on a roller and a ball than be on their phone and just sitting around. Yeah, the lads are secretly phones. dogging all the uh, clients who just sit down before class five minutes and then just we look up at the board. Are. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I just, you know, there, there's, a few, there's a few people that come in and they'll just sit around. You know who you are. You're listening to this podcast and it's, like you've been told now by two experts that get your arse on a foam roller on a ball and do something productive instead of a uh, following Darren Henry on Instagram and watching him with his top off training a lot recently, which is sweet tent as a uh, Jack Fruits yeah. could say. <laughs> sweet tent. Uh, so Cully, next topic, and uh, I know that the reason that I actually wanted to ask you about this is I know over the last couple of years that you've been here, I've seen a couple of guys pop in with. Um, scans on concussions i know you've been involved a little bit now this is a minefield just to to put that out there oh boy yeah i I don't want to put you in a difficult situation but it's definitely something that um it's topical i think a really good example is the kilkenny limerick uh game a few weeks ago they were Mm -hmm. talking about uh the guys were talking about half time who 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 took the bank to the head uh off the hogan's elbow no 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 in the semi-final limerick remember when kilkenny hammered limerick in the semi-final <laughs> and anyway, I can't remember who it was, but uh, yeah, but bang in the head. Uh, but the guys on TV were like, "Oh, he's definitely concussed. He was concussed. Yeah. He was concussed." And everyone is shouting, "Concussion! Concussion! Concussion!" Yeah. And like, like you know, what's your experience with with concussion? Uh, obviously, you're you're working with old Wesley, yeah, uh, who, which I obviously being a former Bechtel Rangers, <laughs> difficult to discuss. But uh, and Cully being a former Bechtel Rangers physiotherapist must be difficult. Um, but like. What what's your experience around concussion? Yeah, so definitely have been around it for a good few years now in terms of Bechtel and, and Wesley. But uh, essentially, what concussion is? It's a temporarily altered brain function after a trauma to the head. Um, and I do feel as though it is it isn't like a grey area um, as a sports physio. So generally, like your main symptoms would be um, dizziness, nausea, uh, loss of consciousness. Were you ever concussed before? Once I was thirteen. <laughs> 
13 years I've old. Had so, and that, I've had two. And that was before. Basically, the, 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 there are lots of symptoms. I suppose my my main kind of qualm with it is how when there is a concussion or a perceived concussion that the referee might see something and you might see something else and he makes a judgment call before you actually do your scat. So basically your scat is your symptom evaluation. Um, but I think it's always good to err on the side of caution and within Wesley and, and, and most clubs you have a standardised protocol to follow a 21 day and um, whereby the player will not be active at, at any point. But it, it's, a, it's a massive area and I suppose... Certainly in more recent times, um, Dominic Ryan obviously last year had to retire because of concussion and that added to Jared Payne and Dave McSharry and um, Pat Lambie as well, the staff yeah, had to yeah. retire and even Kevin Doyle, um, who's a soccer player, yeah. had to retire. So um, it, it's still really lots of lots of discussions how to really get on top of the actual assessment and, and what is, you know, standard and gold standard practice. But um, I actually really enjoy the podcast um, Gladiator. That was a really good podcast with Aaron Hernandez, and that's okay. Do you see it before or listen? To no, I'll, I'll throw the link into the. So show Her- Her- Hernandez was a tight end with the Patriots um, in around the same time while he was playing, obviously with, with Tom Brady. But now this is again is 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 not something that happens all the time, but seemingly had recurrent concussions from hits in NFL, and he took some high blows to the head that. There was so much brain damage, he basically went off the Richter scale and murdered a few people and uh, went to prison, I think committed suicide. And there was, you know, lots of, uh, obviously, reports about it that it was the concussions that caused it and the NFL didn't really protect him in a way. Um, And that's a very, very extreme, um, you know, extreme story. But um, in a sense, you're, you're seeing a trend of more and more players at a younger age um, getting concussed and and retiring as a result, and you're wondering where does this kind of get to? Where does it end? You know, um, it's scary enough, obviously, but um, it's yeah, there's a lot more studies. Going St- to I suppose sticking with the topic of concussion in rugby, um, I know World Rugby are trying to lower the tackle height, so yeah. they brought in a rule where it was it has to be below nipple height, and now they're thinking of trialing it below waist. Um, do you think that this could potentially bring down um, concussion levels in uh, any rugby level, I suppose, from international all the way down to junior? Um, you'd have to say yes. You know, any direct trauma that goes to the head that causes concussion will more than likely be from a high mm. tackle. Um, so in a sense, yes, it changes the game. But if it takes the head and that area out of contact, then it's definitely yeah. a good a good change to make. I, I'd, I'd probably be inclined to disagree with you on that. I think that um, certainly at, not at elite level, uh, like at underage rugby and junior rugby, having played lots of different levels of rugby over yeah. the last couple of years, uh, I think that tackling is just generally more reckless as you go down the divisions. And if you are saying now you've got to throw yourself at someone's knees or hips or thighs, which are a little bit bigger than Mm. forearms and biceps, I think you're probably still going to get the same issue. I think if, you know, if it's rugby, the emphasis needs to come on space and speed again like it might have been many years ago but that's this is a completely different podcast style. yeah yeah i love we're going to talk true, about the true. development of rugby what, yeah what age did they stop um or start scrummaging live scrummaging under so? under under 14s i think is when they start scrummaging um yeah 
I don't hear about kids getting concussed at the minute. Like I know I've yeah. got a couple of people on coaching. I hear about their kids getting concussed at fourteen or fifteen. I'm like, Jesus, that's mad. You yeah, know, it is. Like it's uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 a scary thing. But anyway, I think that's definitely a wormhole we don't want to go down. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, but so your final thoughts on alcohol, your Aaron on the side of caution. If people yeah. are feeling, if people are feeling themselves, any of those symptoms after, and it mightn't be after rugby. It could be, could yeah. be after anything. You know, yeah. it could be, and it even could be a day or two later. Yeah. So in terms of actually monitoring a player, it doesn't happen just for ten minutes after the incidents. You're there for forty eight hours. Yeah. Make, making sure everything's yeah. and I got some more for a lot of parents listening again that have kids involved in sport because we would see it in the gym a lot people whose kids are getting into different sports It's and it's not just rugby like like you said soccer mm. uh, you know these things can happen um, yeah. I think it's definitely something that, that's good to have more awareness around um, I've got some questions coming in from Instagram Cully uh, some applicable some not so applicable but the first one I'm going to go with is uh, what's the worst injury you've ever seen keep it reasonably clean if, if it's bad the worst injury I've ever seen it would probably be um, a dislocated kneecap. Um, so it was a 20s game um, a few years ago. And it's something that you can't really prepare yourself for in terms of this has happened now. What's going to happen in the next 10 seconds to make this guy pain-free? And he's yelling in your face going, my knee, my knee. <laughs> um, so thankfully... I just thought that his knee was in a bent position, so flex position, and the patella of the kneecap was at the side of his knee on the outside. I felt as though if I could glide it up and then extend his knee, then it would just relocate, and it did, and he could walk off, which was amazing, but that was just, like, awful. Um that's the one I can remember straight away off off the top of my head. Not good, and well, what's, the, what's the best recovery that you've had with somebody... Yeah, with with a, with a long term injury, what's giving you the most satisfaction as a physio? Um, best recovery. That's a really tough question because there's been lots of good ones within. We like to ask the tough questions out yeah. here, clearly. Within just I suppose, basically following protocols, coming back to after a shoulder stabilization and and, and back playing high level sport. Um, the most I suppose, the one that gives me most gratification, I suppose, is is a lady who I've had for the last year and a half with several surgeries on her back and and severe scoliosis and plenty of rods. I think you all know who it is. And it's taken a year and a half to really change how she holds herself and how she trains. And that's just been like a really amazing experience, um, both for herself and even for myself. Um, She's now training like an animal after, you know, a lot of serious surgeries and what I suppose makes it personally really important is that at the point of when I when I met her initially, you're given certain things not to do in terms of this is what you don't do with this person or this this issue or the surgery. And there's standardized protocols, there's standardized rules not to actually you know break. But if you work with someone for three times a week for X amount of weeks, you see certain movements that become a little bit more achievable and that you believe that you can start to blow it up if, if you go very slowly and within a tolerable and a pain-free range. So that first six months was just walking on eggshells in a sense and then strength went through the roof, mobility went through the roof, no pain, and then that just progressed to the next level and there was a lot of positive feedback from her team from the spinal clinic about what I was doing with her and how I did it and what I did. Um, and that was and it's just unbelievably gratifying it, it's something that I find a lot of people would be interested to hear how like we we get a lot of 
satisfaction and gratification like you're saying from training people in ways that they they mightn't realize like you know there are certain clients that we, we all have them when you train it could be something so simple like like we said you see somebody coming in doing their 10 minutes of foam rolling before they get to you it's mm. those kind of small wins that definitely for you as a practitioner in, in a clinical environment that's what's going to give you huge satisfaction but it's probably the same for myself and yourself there when you see people it's those small wins yeah. when you were maybe told that this guy won't be able to squat or this, this guy or girl won't be able to lift their shoulder overhead pain yeah. free in the next few months yeah. when you hit those milestones it's so so gratifying yeah. for those coaches and, it, and practitioners it shows that you've had influence as well because as like either a physio or a coach you can only get to see a client for so long during the week it yeah. could only be like an hour and a half to two hours there's only so much influence you can have on them but then if they're actually practicing this outside of the gym setting or like you're saying coming in a few minutes beforehand to do some foam rolling means you've got your message across as well and like it means something to them, which is good. Yeah, good time. Yeah, it's 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 very sweet. All right, next question then is, what's the difference between a physiotherapist and a physical therapist? I, I this would be a tricky question to answer, maybe. In terms of actually getting the qualification, so physiotherapy would be a four-year degree covering core areas like musculoskeletal, cardiorespiratory, and neurological uh, rotations, and also um, you'd be governed by the ISCP. Um, generally, if not always, physiotherapists would work in the public sector, okay. whereas physical therapists would generally work in the private sector or with teams and, and cover more so musculoskeletal based. So they'll still assess, treat, rehabilitate um, injuries, um, but not in the public sector. Um, that would be the main differences, I, I, I really assume. Okay. Uh, of the coaches at FFS, who moves the worst? <laughs> who moves the worst? Yeah. you can say it this is a, yeah. you're in the safe zone you're in the trust tree with the I nest I don't mind the... I would say the worst mover in the coaching staff I know who it is best, I can call it would be it's a toss up between Mike <laughs> old man guzzler <laughs> and and Mike <laughs> and uh, let me think about the second one I don't want to leave <laughs> it just with Mike is, yeah, is, yeah. is the person in this room yeah no no I wouldn't think so uh, okay then um, just the next one then is uh, trying to kind of like shoulders and area that you're interested in people kind of pick up on that from it's, it's definitely something you put up on Instagram like uh, best exercises to strengthen rotator cuffs um, I would probably say end of range strengthening with either Light dumbbells, light plates, so external rotation, internal rotation. Uh, once you can achieve the end of range of those movements. All right, yeah, cool. Thanks. So that's the end of the Instagram questions. Now we're on to the fun stuff. This week's quiz. This week's Sports one is... This, this week's quiz is, is actually Simpsons themed. But listen to what <laughs> the forfeit for the quiz is. It's going to be a 30-minute sports massage. If Cully wins, Dara has got to give Cully a 30-minute sports <laughs> massage. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, it's going to be recorded. It'll be Instagram Live. I'm sure there'll be candles. It'll be, it'll be ideal. Look at those hands. use needles. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dara's going to do his dry needling. So, okay, so it's not all Simpsons-based, but there's a Simpsons element. Okay, so the first question is... Um, we've got the first... Who, who, who will we let... Um, to, the, to the guest first. The guest can go first? Yeah. Okay. Um, Eric, 
In The Simpsons, as you, they're, sorry, you should probably help me. The reason we got Simpsons in here is Cully's pretty much obsessed with Simpsons. Um, knows, I would like to say he thinks he knows everything about Simpsons. Rudd is also kind of a Simpsons buff as well, so. There's a difference between knowing quotes and knowing the actual Okay, Simpsons. okay, right, which is why my first question is very applicable. Um, what is Homer's mother's name, Eric? Pass. Uh, I can pass it over to Dara for a steal, though. Oh, for steel! Oh, yeah, so no, it's a free, free, free shot. shot. Like, free um, shot. I take it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not getting it. Uh, uh, shout anything. Uh, Marjorie. Oh wow, it's actually Mona, which I'm assuming oh, like Mona Lisa comes in there somewhere. I didn't know, know that. I wasn't sure about that. Okay, um, Hoover, sticking with Simpsons. It moves off Simpsons luckily <laughs> soon. Uh, which of these actors has never appeared as a guest voice on The Simpsons? Which one of these has never appeared? As a guest voice on Simpsons. Is it Martin Sheen, Charlie Sheen, Meryl Streep, or Winona Ryder? Charlie Sheen. Oh, the Hoover, 1-0. I love it. Okay, next question. Uh, sport, Eric. Uh, who did Leeds United beat last night in a 1-0 cracker at <laughs> Road? <laughs> Collie likes to think he knows his football. Championship. Yeah, he's getting oh, a who was it? By the way, Leeds are top of the championship, just to say. Come on, you Leeds. Yeah. Dad's be fun. Um, I will guess... Um, Derby? No. Uh, it was Brentford. Okay, so... Uh, Brentford. Unlucky. No, no chance for me to steal. No, no. No, because no, we, we discussed it earlier, so it wouldn't really be fair. Okay, so Dara for the win. Uh, All-Ireland final last weekend. Hurling. Something you wouldn't be familiar with looking at being from Dublin. Uh, very controversial moment in the very end of the first half. Uh, Kilkenny man was red carded don't know if you saw the match Dara what player did he accidentally might I add strike with an elbow to the chin uh, who was the player <laughs> that he struck <laughs> Cully's not googling the answer Cully, what, was the, the, what answer. was the Tipperary Hurler's name I don't know he, he was a cornerback I'll pass yeah. to Cully I'll Cully. take that sir Colbert. Oh my God! We have a tiebreaker. This is. It couldn't be more. This is intense. more fixed. That was completely legitimate question. Look at his phone. Dent the rules. No, <laughs> not my phone. Dent the rules. There's no phones allowed in the studio. Okay, so for the W. Okay, ready now. Buzzer. So, oh, it's buzzers. Dara, you gotta you gotta do a Hoover noise if you wanna come in. Give everyone no, the Hoover. No. Uh, okay, and Eric, you can do. <laughs> any- okay, right. That's Eric's. Okay, so ready, ready and waiting. Whichever one comes in first. In a recent IRFU TV video featuring none other than our very own Kieran Ruddock, what exercise? <laughs> I'll finish the question, but Dara has buzzed in. What exercise were the players performing on the pitch repeatedly? The jammer press for total body stability, if I believe. Yeah, thanks, Rhodes. That Rhodes on the phone. With yeah. a bit of heat acclimatization. <laughs> He's doing it very yeah. So Cully, you lose. So when is Dara booking in for his thirty-minute uh, massage? So, Next availability is three weeks. Three weeks time. Yeah, busy. Cully, you're a busy man. Um, you, yeah. you can't book him in with Catherine, by the way, because she's newer and you can't. Just, so like, I, I give you the rub down, is it, or is it you give me the rub down? <laughs> you won. Why would you, your prize be rubbing Cully? I don't know. That's a pretty uh, good prize. That's that's a good, that's yeah. good prize. Yeah. Cully, before we wrap up, listen, informative, interesting. I don't think people got to see the wide side of Cully. We'll probably keep that for an after hours podcast. Yeah. Break out at some point. Um, were you at the Foo Fighters last night, actually? With no, all the lads? no. Very no. unlike you. You had a big uh, podcast to get ready for. That's it, yeah. Uh, yeah bit early. Uh, any closing thoughts, Cully, you want to leave leave all our, our followers with, our fans? Where, 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 can they follow, where can they follow you or find you? Like, yeah. what, are you what are you on? 
I'm on the gram, Cully Physio. Cully Physio. Your Instagram, by the way, is superb. Actually, one question that I was surprised wasn't asked is, when are you going to do your next ski trip preparation series <laughs> for Instagram? Because that was <laughs> the funniest thing I think anyone has ever seen. I actually still have those videos on my phone. Just, uh... <laughs> Can you put those back up as like a story highlight? And we'll Definitely. Share that. Yeah. yeah. I could so do, if anyone wants to see the lighter side of Cully, yeah. that's it right there. I was absolutely roasting there as well because the, <laughs> the PT room was like really warm and I was in full gear. Full gear, the goggles and on and everything, I think. Everything. We got to get that everything. up. That, that actually... Someone walked in and saw me doing it as well. That's, I... that's, our, that's our physio area. Yeah, that... <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. It's for content, I swear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, Cully, thanks a million. Unreal crack getting you in here and no doubt uh, we'll get you back in soon for another episode. Thanks very much, Mac. Cheers, Cheers.